About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we got a treat for you guys today. You know me, I like to talk technology and trending things that are happening out there in the uh, in the internet space, and of course, we're going to do that a little bit today. Some buzzwords that you guys hear all the time, search engine optimization, pay-per-click, you know, you got your, uh, your, your Google AdWords, AdSense, double-click, all that fun stuff for managing advertising, uh, you know big things that are happening on the front with Instagram and influencer marketing. And so we're going to talk a little bit about all of those things today. Uh, we have the chief executive officer and co-founder of Ignite Visibility joining us today. John Lincoln, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. So, you know, I want to I want to talk about what you do and how you got where you're going, because obviously finding a frequency is all about that. It's about the journey. It's about the, you know, that moment that you said, aha, and, you know, you decided to follow your passion and go and, and, and go and found Ignite Visibility. So before we start talking about all things that are, you know, search engine optimization, PPC and social media and all those fun things that are basically uh, the components of digital marketing, uh, let's talk about how you found your frequency in life and in business and decided to do what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I can definitely go into that. So, you know, always kind of been a guy with just a lot of passion, a lot of drive. Um, I might seem like kind of like a chill guy, but under the surface, I, I'm not really, I, I really work super hard and just like to kind of attack issues. So, you know, I think, you know, what, what happened for me, I was about 25 and, uh, you know, I was just trying to find something, you know, meaning like something I could commit to something that, I could really get behind for for the long long haul, and um, you know I kind of started reading some stuff from from Tony Tony Robbins and uh, decided that I was going to really really focus on digital marketing. I went through that process, um, decided digital marketing was going to be my passion. I'm you know I'm 36 now, so this is you know 11 years ago, and I just went full into it. And I became a director at a couple companies, a marketing manager. You know, I went through all this process. I, I worked at a news publication for four years. Um, it was really at that news publication where I developed this framework for creating content and then scaling it across every single channel. And I've been doing content creation, you know, ever ever since. But um, Ignite uh, started after I was a director at an agency for three years. I wanted to leave. I wanted to do it better. I started with one family friend, and that family friend is still a client today, and that is seven years later and is one of, one of our biggest accounts. So we've been able to consistently grow his business, you know, 30 to 50 percent. And uh, what else is really exciting is, you know, about four or five years ago, you know, we had the opportunity to 
uh, pitch Tony Robbins and do do an RFP for them, and they became a client. So they've been a client for five years now. So really fun and kind of full circle there. I love working with with them, and and now we've got about 150 clients. We're a, a three-time Inc. 5000 company, and you know we generally grow 30 to 40 percent a year. But for me, my passion is helping people become number one. Um, or take people who are already number one and making their digital marketing better um, just because it's my main expertise. I just love the analytical side, the creative side of it, the people. I love, you know, meeting with people, plotting a plan, and then meeting, you know, three months later and, and joining our successes and then plotting another plan moving forward. So I get great relationships out of it, but I've just kind of fully committed to digital marketing and it's um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's what, I, what I enjoy doing, so... So that's awesome. When you were a director at the other place that you were working at and, and you kind of decided to, to start this company, what what wasn't working at that space that made you go, I can do this better? Yeah. So the other company, I felt like I, I have this this feeling that I always like to grow clients. I always like to over deliver for clients. I like them to get significantly more than what they pay for, because I believe if you bring additional value, if you bring more value, then everything kind of comes back around. It's a better relationship. They grow more. Um, people are grateful and, and all of that. So at the other company, I was I was managing like, well, it, you know, about 20 people or so just, just in my department. And uh, I was also working on 30 accounts, all, you know, 100,000 plus accounts. And it was just, I had done it for three years. And and, you know, it was a great experience because it was really kind of trial by, by fire. But I knew that it was just time for me to, you know, no matter what, I was eventually going to move on my own. Like I'm an MBA, business savvy, entrepreneurship is just something I always wanted to do. So I wish them the best. But what, what I, I knew we could do is just develop all new systems and and do that in a way um, that had a cadence as well. So like one of the things we do at Ignite is every six months we update the entire operating system for the entire company. So we refresh all the digital strategy and, and we just did that recently. And I love that process. I love not getting stuck in the past. And and for me, I just wanted to be innovative and have some more freedom and, and over deliver for clients. So so that's what did it for me. And it was time for me to, to make that move. So That's awesome that you said that. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in the concept of, you know, uh, under promising and over delivering. It's something that, you know, myself as the VP of uh, broadcast operations here at Voice America, I have, you know, several audio engineers and creative folks that work underneath me. And, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm always pushing for them. I'm always like, you know, you get some millennial pushback every now and again. And I'm like, remember who pays your salary? You know, if you if you stay an extra five minutes and you do something really great for them, how much better will that relationship be, you know, moving yeah. forward with those customers? And so I always try to take that approach. And it's not often that you find people in in the digital space that are willing to go the extra mile and add that added value to uh, to further solidify relationships because ultimately in business, isn't that what everything is about, is about the relationship between you and your customer? It, it is, and I think that, you know, we're here at Ignite, we're here to serve clients and I've always had that mindset and I, you know, I tell our, our amazing team here, you know, bring something new to every call, like, you know, do something extra, like wow the customer. And cause it just makes everything so much better. And, um, and I do think, you know, there's some, some generational stuff that can come up. Of course, it's definitely not um, a Blake, Blake, Blake thing. Um, you know, it's always case by case, but 
you know, for us, um, you know, we're in the business of serving people. And when we get great results here, it all ties into our mission. You know, we get better. We get to invest more in clients. We get to invest more in employees and the community. So I really like wowing people. I like doing the most, you know, innovative work out there. And that that's awesome that you've got the same philosophy. So. So you were talking about you guys, uh, you know, on a, on a, uh, what is it? Uh, biannually basis, you guys are updating the operating system and all that. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about technology because I'm, I'm an absolute futurist. I just got back from uh, digital Hollywood uh, in, in Los Angeles, as well as the infinity festival, which is about how, uh, how storytelling drags technology along with it. And, you know, I got to learn so many cool things uh, about like DreamWorks is making uh, animation software to do things that they weren't, aren't able to do. And it's so, cool to see that um, the land of storytelling is really dragging uh, technology to its bigger heights and seeing how virtual reality and some of these augmented reality components are all working into film and in Hollywood and, and coming into their workflows. When you guys take a step back and look at digital marketing from that perspective, how does the story and the story technology really drive your guys's mission? Yeah, so that's a big deal right now. So, well, for example, so you can do augmented reality and you can try on things now inside of chatbots, for example. So if you're inside of Facebook Messenger, you can actually try on glasses. You can try on a shirt. You can try on lipstick. Um, in addition to that, the Google Display Network now has chatbots that also have augmented reality within them so that you can... Um, interact with the chatbot. You can try things on through the chatbot. And we're seeing augmented reality and these virtual online experiences really infiltrate point of sale online digital advertising, which is incredibly, incredibly exciting. So not only can you try things on and interact with things, but then, you know, that chat chatbot or whatever type of thing you're interacting with turns into kind of like an automation flow. And that's also important because what we're seeing is the big change right now on the content side is we're really trying to nurture people from top of funnel to bottom funnel, but do that cross channel. So if you're on YouTube or if you're on Google, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, what's the top of funnel, the mid funnel, the lower funnel, and then the post funnel content mapping strategy. And then if possible, how does that result in some type of um, augmented reality um, integration? Now, I will say that that part of it is really new, but I have seen quite a few demos of that, and um, it's really, really exciting. And we've also been seeing some people invest millions of dollars in back-end website development experiences that allow you to virtually impose things inside of homes um, and, and whatnot. So it's, it's definitely... One of the things we saw recently in the last year is, you know, what, what CMOs and marketers are willing to invest the most in is creative online custom experiences. Yeah. And that's really changing because the web is getting more and more cluttered. And, you know, if, what's, what's better, you know, having amazing creative custom online experience with something cool like an augmented reality, or would you rather just read a blog post, right? And those two things in, in a lot of cases are, are um, really fighting for the same real estate. So we're seeing an investment on that side for sure. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. You know, I, I, I remember 
you know, looking at ads of newspapers and stuff when I was growing up and, and the birth of the internet and, you know, just watching that whole transition from, you know, for me and media and being in terrestrial radio and working in AM and FM and, you know, then ultimately moving into new media. And I moved into new media for that exact reason. I just got sick and tired of, you know, the, the same old thing all the time. Uh, I'm going to play you 7,000 commercials, you know, <laughs> over and over and over and over again and trying to get into a space that was a lot more creative. Um, and that's what I really like about I think where, where things are heading, you know, minus some of the shortcomings with data capture and some of those things that I think are, you know, maybe a bit intrusive at times, but yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. If, uh, if an end user can come into a marketing funnel or come into engagement with a brand in a manner that is, um, just fun and cool and different, uh, I think that you're able to capture that person and capture their, um, you know, their essence as a human being and not necessarily, um, just them being a potential customer, right? You start to learn some things about how they're interacting with content, what content they like. And all of those things are, are, I think, uh, you know, just ways for you to kind of measure, you know, where do we go next in this process? Because that's really what I'm seeing a lot of brands doing is, you know, that every brand has a story. Ultimately, yeah, we all have to sell something to somebody to make money. But if you can drag that person through the process of the brand story and get them to, you know, really be part of your infrastructure in that space, it makes that relationship, in my opinion, coming out of the gate that much more solid because, you already know who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with, and what level of, uh, of, of what level to expect from them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to do something different. You know, one of the things that's been really key to our success here is, you know, we've we've made a couple movies. So we made SEO the movie and social media marketing the movie, and those two movies um, were great introductions to the brand for new customers and got us great exposure within the community. But movies, books, augmented reality, custom experiences, you know, I, I think brands need to be okay with taking a chance and trying something new and trying something different. And, and, and you know, you see that um, from a lot of these really, really successful companies out there. So I'm, I'm fully behind that. When you when you look across those different channels with you know Facebook and 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 all these different social media places and you know with you know Twitter indexing with search on Google which was really big a few years ago, what are kind of some of the industry trends you're seeing in those areas? I mean, is Facebook still you know the the big juggernaut in the advertising world for capturing new customers, or do we have you know new players on the rise because more people are using uh, you know like Snapchat and and tools like that? What what are you kind of seeing as a trend. Okay, so TikTok's the fastest growing platform right now and people are trying to jump into that and they're trying to figure out how to use it and how to um, to get customers from it. It's got insane reach um, for organic posts, but brands are having a really tough time dealing with it, especially if they're not B2C and they don't deal with a, a very young demographic. On the Facebook side, um, you know, it's, it's probably one of the best channels, Facebook and Google Ads. Um, for just general cost per acquisition, so how much you have to pay to get a customer there. But on the Facebook side, there's a much longer nurturing cycle than many of these other platforms, which are just direct lower funnel, you know, cost per click, like a Google ad. So we're having to see like about a 90 to 100 day window in some cases for conversion rates to go from one to two to three to 4% for any given audience, but still working great. But at the same time, Facebook cut down cut back on the number of audiences that people have access to. So the targeting's got a lot tougher. Now getting into YouTube, 
YouTube um, is the cheapest advertising right now, but the cost per acquisitions are really, really high. So that's made it really difficult for brands to justify because, you know, they're starting to look at things and, and that's what my new book's about, the forecaster method, but look at everything on a performance-based marketing perspective based off a of cost per acquisition. But we're seeing that YouTube cost per acquisition is like three to four times higher than Google Ads or Facebook, but they're trying to address that right now by creating different types of native forms within YouTube to get that cost per acquisition down. Um, LinkedIn working really, really well. Um, cost per acquisitions usually about double or of that of, of Facebook and, um, and Google, but you know, great targeted demographics there. Um, the in-mail ads are working very well, and then the video ads are working very well. And then Instagram is working incredibly well when you have one great ad, just running that ad over and over and almost building an entire business model around one ad and then multiplying that across the platforms. But my whole kind of thing now, and, and, and I am a, a digital strategist working with companies that do billions of dollars in revenue now, which is very exciting for me, but knowing every single source of traffic online and understanding the audience size, the click-through rate, the conversion rate, the cost per acquisition, and the ROI, and using that to build a model for everybody from where they are now to where they want to go. And recently, I published a book called The Forecaster Method on that. And um, it's a really, really exciting framework, you know, basically taking three to five different sources um, looking at the cost per acquisition, the ones that get the highest return, you know, using that to scale that to the, the point that you want, but then also using that to reinvest in other ones. So you've got a diversified portfolio of traffic. So that's kind of, I think, the evolution. So while all these all these different areas are working right now, they all work to different degrees. So when you want to take care of your family all the time and you want to make sure that, you know, they're not spending too much time on their cell phones or on their tablets or on the computer or a smart TV, any of those connected devices, uh, it can be a little cumbersome as a parent to manage all of that. And so one of the cool things that uh, uh, Circle has is, a, is a, a device that plugs in at your house where you can control all of those activities. So if you're struggling to make sure that five more minutes doesn't turn into five more hours, uh, you can use Circle to set some limits at the end of screen time uh, and, and help that with your kids once and for all. Kids have so many online distractions, Fortnite, yeah, Snapchat, yeah, Instagram, eh, TikTok. Not a good one either. YouTube, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, the list goes on, but anyways, but the point is, is there's just so many of those devices and so many applications and sites out there that you want to make sure that you can kind of control uh, what's happening. So Circle is the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all their connected devices. With the Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed, set limits for screen time, and monitor history and usage. Keep track across every connected device from laptops, phones, tablets, and smart TVs, and you'll never have to worry about your kids again with Circle. You have one less thing to have to manage. That's always like, right? Always looking for one less thing to manage. Always a beautiful thing. Right now, our listeners can get $30 off a Circle Home Plus when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency and enter frequency at checkout. Again, 30 bucks off when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency and enter the code frequency at checkout. I like how you mentioned, uh, you know, to diversify because, you know, you, you 
in the in the uh, in the finance world, right? You're like, all right, I'm gonna I need to make money with my money, so I'm gonna do some stocks and some bonds and some gold and silver and some different you know things. Um, and and that's kind of how you've taken an approach to the marketing strategy by saying, hey, well, you know, there's a bunch of different methodologies out there, a bunch of channels that are out there to 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 put your brand on to do customer acquisition, but understanding how each one of those plays a tiny role in the larger picture is extremely important. How do you, uh, you know, I, I know that you're also a teacher, right? Uh, how, how do you, how do you teach, how do you teach that methodology to people? I mean, that's, it's, it's a pretty hard thing to kind of grasp in my opinion. Yeah. The thing is, is that top level, it's just a source, right? So it's just Facebook or it's just YouTube. But the thing is underneath this, there's so much more going on. So like for YouTube, for example, you know, it starts with the broad audiences, then it goes in market audiences, then custom intent audiences. There's the keyword level, then there's remarketing audiences. And you can layer every single audience with things like location, age range, household income. Um, and, and you can layer audiences with different audiences. So if you wanted to, you could do an in-market audience for people who are looking for um, cars, or for example, who also look for a keyword, who also um, are a certain age range, who also are in a certain location. And so for me, a lot of it starts on the audience level. So how big is the audience? How big is the click-through rate, the conversion rate, the cost per acquisition? And, 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 and what I really teach and what I really believe now, it's, you know, while I started in SEO 16 years ago or social media 16 years ago in general publishing, it's not about that one channel anymore. Now it's about having the confidence to be able to go and understand really, you know, three to 10 channels where at any point in time, if one stops performing, you can scale up the other one so that you can meet your goals. And this is something that we work with clients on all the time. And, and even for our own company, Ignite, say that, you know, we got in trouble with a Google update or something like that, or, or Facebook took away our audiences. I can fire up our YouTube video commercial that's tried and true with five or six different audiences that I know work well. And I can sit back and, and watch, you know, the new business come in. Right. And so I love having that confidence and I love being able to work with people now to deliver that type of confidence, but it's not an easy thing to teach. Um, once you get under the hood, because right. for each individual site, it's kind of like this whole world. And, um, you know, I've spent over a decade studying it. It's changed a lot in the last couple of years. You know, the main, the main way to teach it, I think, is really just to understand the framework first and then, then to drill down from there and to apply that framework to every type of ad, um, every landing page, and then every audience. And if you can kind of um, keep that in mind, then you're really approaching it like a financial analyst would a business portfolio. And that's where a lot of this stuff came from because, you know, my, my MBA was in finance and I never understood why there wasn't kind of like this fiduciary type of mindset when it comes to digital marketing. It was, it was, it was so much more tactical or relationship based. And, and so that's why Ignite, you know, we decided to make it a hundred percent performance based with strategy and relationships too, but, but really always looking at that bottom line. So, 
Wow, you really struck a chord with me when you said fiduciary because, you know, when when people are looking for financial planners, I mean, you want a fiduciary. You want somebody who grows with you, right? You want somebody who, you know, if I'm going to invest $100,000, well, if I lose money, they make nothing. If I make money, we both make money. And I feel like a lot of the uh, a lot of the brands or a lot of the companies that do things similar to you, they don't have that mindset. They have a mindset of we're going to go out and do this work for you and you owe us money no matter what. What? Um, and so yep. that strategy of being a fiduciary in this in this space, I think, is amazing. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of companies that are that are doing that. No, I mean, that's really how I look at it. Like if I have a if we have a client come in and we make them a promise and we do the projections and we don't hit it like you can we let them walk from the contract. I mean, every it's it, and that's how it goes. But for us, I mean, we've got like very, very great systems here. So. So whether it's email marketing or SEO or social media or, or, or whatnot, you know, we've got an exact framework for, for how we do it and how we go about doing it. And I think this, that's the thing. So the, the old school advertising mentality and a lot of these, these bigger ones out there, it's not based off of that framework. It's based off of you pay us specifically for this and, and, and whatnot. But I, I believe it's, it's different. You know, I really feel like there's an obligation to help the client hit the goals, to work with the client, to get specifically there. And if something's not working to, to kind of work through it together. So I think that's, that's really refreshing, but, but also I would say that this is the most exciting time in digital advertising in, in the history of the world. We have never, ever had the targeting abilities that we have now. We've never had the level of understanding of frameworks that, that work now, like, like we do, um, you know, the tried and true case studies, you know, access to so much data. I mean, just in Google analytics right now, you know, you can go in there and you can set up a benchmark uh, report and what it'll do is it's going to show you exactly where your traffic levels are and then how you compare to the rest of the industry for every single channel. So if you're only getting a thousand visitors a month from email marketing, but you should be getting, you know, 5,000, you can see that there's that gap there and then you can understand, you know, where you should be uh, across, you know, the entire spectrum. So, you know, just that report alone and then you mix that in with all the new audiences and people who are actually in market or people who are lower funnel. I mean, that's what gives um, really sophisticated marketers, you know, the confidence to get from where they are to where they want to be. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a time where uh, the beginning of customer acquisition was a cold call. (laughs) <laughs> right. That works too uh, sometimes still. Sometimes yeah. it does. But, you know, having all of these tools uh, <laughs> that are available in the digital space, it's almost like, you know, digital marketing kind of is killing the cold call. Right. Um, and, and secondly, I think that there's a generational gap, too, in, in the way that those things are handled. You know, I get a cold call. You know, it's not a big deal to me. I'll have a conversation. Yes, no, and move on. You know, um, some people in other generations are like, oh, my God, a cold call. They don't answer the phone. Some some younger kids nowadays don't even talk on the phone. They only text and they only send messages through social media. Uh, and so that whole idea of having phone conversations or building a relationship in that manner, I think that's the one thing about digital marketing that um, 
I, I, I see there may be like a gap. How do you get to, you know, the actual relationship? Like I want to, I want to talk to people. I want to find out who they are, how they tick. Yeah. It's great that we can build all of these cool, you know, pieces of technology to, you know, showcase our goods, products and services and service them in the best way possible. But how do you ultimately get to the, let's have a conversation about what you want to do. Let's take the technology and put it aside and let's just be two humans. You know, it's completely a, a lost art, and, and that's that's the huge, huge gap right now because you, you have executives, chief marketing officers, CEOs, presidents, you know, they're, they're a little bit older, and then you've got this younger de- demographic um, who's mostly doing the work um, on the digital side because they grew up with it, and they, they really understand it, and they don't always have the relationship skills, or maybe they just haven't developed it yet because a lot of times it comes with, with, um, with time where you learn to – deal with people better and whatnot. So, so that's definitely a challenge, you know, for, for us, what we've done is um, we do three month plans where we show the work that we've done. We show the results that we've gotten and then we show what we're going to do moving forward. And uh, you know, we kind of, we work, we have more senior people here now who can handle relationships and and whatnot. But I would say that, you know, you kind of mentioned something about cold calling and I find that really, really interesting. So it's been interesting to see digital grow so fast over the last couple of years. And so just this flood of advertising is coming in and it's, as I mentioned, it's more effective than it's ever been before. But what we're seeing now is, Outreach is also still effective on some level. Yes, I'd rather have like an inbound lead. I'd rather have somebody reach out to us. But for example, say I only want to get in front of these 1,000 businesses, right? Because they're exactly the type of business that I want to do business with. For example, we do really well with financial, um, you know, insurance, medical, um, you know, fitness is pretty good, multi-location, um, and then, you know, any type of large website generally. Those are some of the verticals. But what the strategy has changed to now for that is, yes, maybe a cold call, although that's one of the worst ways, but um, uh, messaging on social media, in, hit, finding that exact person, message them directly through Twitter, through Instagram, you know, through Facebook, um, through uh, LinkedIn, through all their major platforms, also through email, um, create a series of outbound um, uh, messages that go to them, also call them. And if you do that to 100 people and you get 10% to respond and one turns into a lead, it turns into a numbers game, much like the forecaster method methodology that I brought up before. So outbound can also be evaluated that way. Now, what's not cool about that is where did that whole personal relationship go, right? Now you're just turning people into a numbers game. It's a little bit about how marketing works though. So it's hard to get too far away from it. So. Yeah, I just always want to urge everybody that in a age in, in the age of digital marketing and digital everything, and you see everybody with their faces in their phones, and this is something I just try to remind people in general is just don't don't lose sight that we're all human beings, and you know we all have to live on this planet together, and having actual human relationships is uh, something that's extremely important, and I urge everybody to continue seeking those out, whether they be business or or friendly relationships. <laughs> yeah, I want to make one comment on that. So. Our- our, our, one of our biggest clients here, you know, is um, is the largest chain of wedding websites in the world. And, and they're a client that's been with us for, and been with me for like a decade. 
And it's the coolest thing ever because, like I mentioned, we meet every three to six months. We've got an amazing relationship. We're great friends. I've seen this company grow to a multi-billion dollar company. And even though we built that whole framework with them and done great work, it, it's all about the relationship. I, I enjoy working with them. They enjoy working with me. It's all about people. So I, I 100% agree with that point. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate you joining us today. We're talking to uh, John Lincoln. He's the chief executive officer and co-founder of Ignite Visibility. And if you guys want to go check out some of the cool things they're doing, they got a lot of great videos on the site, ignitevisibility.com. Uh, learn more about what their company is doing. And then, of course, we want to make sure that you guys all go check out the new book, the Forecaster Method book. And I would imagine that it's on Amazon and all places books are sold. Right, John? Yeah, 100 percent. You can find it there. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on Finding Your Frequency. And uh, maybe we'll have to have you back again, uh, maybe on a panel talking about um, some future trends. I, I, uh, I co-produce a show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. As I told you, I'm, a, I'm an avid futurist. And uh, uh, some of the things that you're talking about are wonderful. Maybe we'll have to get you on a panel on that show. Yeah, I love chatting about the future. It's, it's where I spend a lot of my time business-wise. <laughs> so I uh, appreciate it, right? Would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. You're listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on voiceamerica.com, the leader in live internet talk radio. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting application, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, make sure you share it with all your friends. And of course, give us a nice five-star review because five stars are always better than four. Thanks for tuning in, guys, right here, Finding Your Frequency on Voice America.